Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is brought to you by Genesis House and the Friends in Recovery community, a thriving network of individuals who are fighting back against the stigma of addiction and recovery. Join your hosts, the Podfather, Jersey Ed, Miss Meg, as they break the silence and speak up about the real issues of addiction, treatment, and recovery. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, here are your Friends in Recovery. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friends in Recovery Podcast. I am the Podfather. Hi, everybody. I'm Jersey Ed. What's up, guys? I'm Miss Meg here. Miss Meg. Yeah, in the house. And I'm Chris Cudahy. Chris Cudahy. Chris. Chris. From uh, across the pond. Across the <laughs> pond with another show here. It's a good and, bloke. Thanks for da- joining and us down again. The <laughs> and, and down the street. Down the street. You are actually an American, aren't you? I certainly that's, am. That's a, that's a crazy story. Last time I looked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> an American with a British accent. But, I, but are you legal? <laughs> yes, I am. But I often say I'm just a man without a country. <laughs> I was abandoned in the forest and raised by wolves. <laughs> Get Donald on him, all right, Mike? <laughs> I will. I'm on it. Let me write this down. <laughs> hey, what a great show we had uh, last time we did a show. <laughs> I don't know what it was when, but that was good. <laughs> that was a great show. It really yeah, was. It was. Well, because if you're watching this show or listening to it, you're going to understand that and remember that same four people did the prior show. Yes. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. Well, yes. Hold on. Let me just, ask the producer. I don't know. He's extraordinary. <laughs> different shirt. <laughs> but just to let you know, oh, I am oh. wearing a different shirt. Right. Okay? Right. You so certainly are. this part of the room here changes. Right. That doesn't. Okay? Mm-hmm. And what really sucks is we have to watch you change the shirt <laughs> with that tatted up, flabby little body of yours. <laughs> Kids, work out. Way up. I got you. <laughs> That's what recovery brings us. Tattered, flabby bodies. I've seen uh, better teats on ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> well, i seen you doing something over there when yeah. I was changing my clothes, yeah, Mike. Uh, I got yeah. a little nervous. I was doing something all right. I was checking to make sure everything was all right. Hey, we we got to introduce the uh, producer extraordinaire. Sweets. Sweets. Best dressed man in the room. Yeah. I am. There he is. I am doing fantastic. I'm you really look happy fantastic. To be here. I do. Well, this is a very dapper suit that I'm wearing. Is that, <laughs> a, is that a zoot suit? Is a that what they call It's a zip-up onesie. It looks like a suit. Does it have a hatch in the back? Can you show us the hatch? And feeties. Feeties with grip. I was going to say, grips or no grips? Always you have to go. Grips. I'm a short squat guy. That's right. Mr. Five foot five. That's right. Five by five. Five by five sweets. There's a song, you know, Mr. Five by five. It's a 50s song. I think we've all had way too much sugar. I think we did. Let me just say. Let me just say, sweets. Nobody pulls off pink like you do. That's right. Pink. We're going to have a guest on our show, Michael Collins. We're talking about Michael sugar here. Michael Collins. Yeah, we, we'll bring him on in a minute. But Meg, you had the, the, oh, um, yeah. the, the, the whatchamacallit to introduce. To have, whatchamacallit. I had the pleasure of having out. Mike on my show. Thank you. I told you to take over. No, I'm sorry. I hear you. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not editing anything. That was <laughs> whatchamacallit. <laughs> and I didn't have sugar, okay, guys? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you had the pleasure to, to interview him on your show. I you're, did. You're the, um, the Addictionary Podcast. You yep. Host great that podcast. show. Yes, it is Thank a great you. podcast. Thank you. And you host our show now. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm happy to have a little bit of a crossover here because <clears throat> the conversation that I had with Michael was so 
poignant to me, especially at that time, because, and we'll talk about this, but I had just started keto, mm-hmm. and um, I was having the keto sweats, and mm. Mike and I talked about that, and I was yeah. like, what the hell is going on here? What is it? What is this? Thank I God. had the Frito sweats. <laughs> <laughs> I ate too many of them. <laughs> well, I hope Mike is on his game, man, because I wrote, and I have notes, and I have uh, questions, so this is going to be about a four-hour Joe Rogan show right now, <laughs> after I get nice. done with Michael, so. That is the second book you've read as well. <laughs> This, yeah, right? this is the second book I read, Mike, okay? I mean, sweets. All right? yeah. And look at, see it, how thin it is? Yeah. Dick Jane and watch Squat Run. It was the first book. It's, it's not how thick it is. It's what's what's inside. No! Oh, really? You went down. You went It's a good book, all right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Stacy's been telling you that lie for a long time. It doesn't matter. Don't oh, worry, honey. Don't God. worry. That's right. That's right. Don't so. feel ashamed. Oh, God. So everybody well, good? What's inside? What's, that's what's right. Inside. That's right. This has been this has been going wrong all day, so we might as well just keep it going down. And the, Mike's going to be the, the brunt of everything. So The best part of this is five of us here. we got about 100 years of sobriety, and I swear, all we're doing is laughing. Having fun, oh, yeah. yeah. I love it's it. Good, really good fun, and, and it's a meeting, guys. Really, you get any, like all of us five together, alcoholics, and, and it's a meeting. We had a meeting all day today, and it was wonderful. I really look forward to coming here and and seeing everybody because it's it's another meeting for me you know and and we have fun and 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 we share whatever you know whatever good things are going on whatever bad things are going on we share it right here in this room and and it's very therapeutic so yeah absolutely who had the cookie commitment that's i'm just saying because there's no cookies and i'm a little upset that was was michael collins to keep that he was supposed to do that for us but (laughs) but we'll find out why he didn't soon so but uh, it's, uh sweets um i, know, I noticed that you do all your business after the commercial now so for I anyone do. that's listening we want them to stay tuned <clears throat> yes because you have a podcast pick of the week that i do after the commercial Ooh, yes. break, right? we're doing it differently now we are yes. we want our listeners Fancy. to know yes. that you know they can still count on that yes we're, we're we're doing a lot different we got some requests to do some things we got some emails keep the emails coming help at friends in recovery podcast.com um and some help from sweets directing us it's a new show, guys. It's a brand new show. New show, new shirt. That's right, new shirt. <laughs> Except for, hey, listen, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm the talent here. Okay, these yeah. guys. Are just, oh, I, really? I have to yeah. carry the, that oh. side of the room. Just like that, we're all irrelevant. <laughs> well, I haven't changed my clothes so for years. <laughs> I thought that was the cigars. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but everybody's good, right? Everyone, oh, Chris. Yeah. What's going on across the pond? Anything? <laughs> I'm a little worried about Harry and Meghan. Yeah. <laughs> news from across the pond. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And now your news from across the pond with Chris Cuddy. I have no idea right. <laughs> whatsoever. But they're in uh, Canada now, I believe. I think they are. They're probably yes. going to get deported, though. Oh, you think so? Apparently, some people okay. would like to see them gone. Yeah. Right. Interesting. He's well, an interesting character, though. And, you know, grow all the way back to what we talked about earlier. Is he's hardcore in veterans. He's hardcore. Oh, yeah. He is. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. And I think by freeing himself up, he's allowing himself to step into a realm like this. I think that's a great, great thing that both of them did. Just get away from it. Be too, I mean, they'll never be two normal people, but 
as normal as they can. And it's like us in recovery, man. We freed yeah. ourselves from oh, that yeah. bullshit oh, yeah. of all those years. And, and that's kind of what I think they're going through now. And if you think about early recovery with us, when we freed ourselves, people didn't believe it. People didn't understand right. it. Like, right. oh, yeah, he's going to go back or she's right. going to go back. Right. They're going to fuck up again. They're going to mm-hmm. do what right. they do. Mm-hmm. Um, just give it time because it always fucking happens. And maybe right. that's where they're at right, right now. And maybe they have a, a journey that they're going through, like sort of sure. kind of all of us did in this room, well, you know? Everybody has a different journey, right? Yes. And everybody sure. has a different <laughs> meaning to everything that goes on. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. that, that, that that's really important. Yeah. And, you know, I noticed um, a, a couple things is, that I'm always, I was always looking to get to the end of the journey. It's not about getting to the end of the journey. It's about yeah. enjoying the journey, what's going on. If it's good or bad or whatever it is right. at the time, enjoy them. I'm, I'm going to be turning 54 next month. And, uh, Youngster. <laughs> is that all? <laughs> yeah, it's all, yes. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I remember I always wanted a house. I always wanted mm-hmm. a car. I always wanted this. I always wanted that. My cousin made more money than me, and he was younger than me. Or if he went to college, I didn't. I fucking drank and did cocaine, so... You know, he's he was, but I always wanted that, and uh, I never enjoyed the moment. You know, I never enjoyed the moment. Same thing with the marathons, Chris. You know, yeah. um, I I always wanted to get to the finish line. You know, I never yep. took it a mile at a time. I never, you know, I couldn't wait for twenty six point two because then I can wear the medal. I can be proud. I can say I did it. You know, it's it's yeah. it's not about the finish. It's about the journey. You know, it is, and it's important <clears throat> for me anyway. Again, I go back to the <clears throat> what I've lived the last four years, which is unionism, which is working with the unions and trying to change the way we look at look at our lives and change the way our members look at themselves you know not just as as a, a name and a number but an important part of their community we did you know sweet you talked earlier about communities being what 150 people once you go beyond that when you work in a, in a department like you know blue collar these guys are so tight they're so close they're together all the time mm-hmm. you might have 40 or 50 people in there mm-hmm. and they're all affected by each person's movement and yeah. you know they're affected by whatever it is is going on in their lives, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I think that I feel that here too. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a good uh, it's a good mix that we have in this room, and it's and and again, we asked Megan to come on as our co-sponsor. I mean, the minute we did our first show, you could look back at, at the first show with her. We all just clicked in, and sweets, you're just a natural fit with us. <laughs> But Megan, you know it's it's good to have you as a co-host, and Thanks, guys. you know you like can nudge the Podfather every once in a while to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why we hired you. By the way, this is ageism. <laughs> you are you are ageist. That's and right. That's the right. Podfather and I being sixty-five, I think, and me being sixty-six, we feel like this is That's just right. a little That's bit rough. Right. On us. That's I got right. more exactly. wrinkles than a prune. <laughs> <laughs> But we're all sober. That's all that matters. That's exactly yeah. It doesn't right. matter how old we are, how young we are. We're all sober and we're all on the same playing field. And that is it. So, um, Megan, um, I'm going to ask you just, I will I will introduce him, but I oh, just yeah. want you to bring him in. Yes. Because you know him and you, you I've I've only read about him. He's mysterious to He's me. He's a mysterious until legend. We bring to him you. up. The man, you the know myth, him. the legend. That's I am, right. I do know Michael. Michael, it is lovely to see your face, by the way. Last time we chatted, it was just behind a microphone. So, Good to see you. Right, right. How are Good you? To see you guys. I love you guys are reinventing radio right now. That's right. <laughs> Here it is. Or oh, something. That's what you something. call it. We're doing something. <laughs> welcome, I, welcome to the show, Michael. Yeah, oh. welcome to the show. Welcome, Mike. I, I think you. you have such a great perspective on uh, a piece of recovery that we talk about a lot, which is nutrition and how we can become maybe dependent or addicted on all sorts of things, including sugar, and why it's important to sort of look at our recovery programs as, as a holistic sort of process, if you will use that word. Um, and you're the author of the book, The Last Resort Sugar Detox Guide, which 
I know Ed read front to back and has Twice. all his notes in there, oh, and yeah. I love it. Twice. You're, you're, you're under the microscope, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fascinating well, thanks. book. Thanks for having me. Fascinating well, book. Thanks. Tell us a little thanks bit about me. you and why you wrote this book and, um, you know, kind of lead us into the, the hammering questions that I'm going to have for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hammer away, I've heard them all. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like you guys. You know, I, I've been in recovery 35 years in a few days here. Oh, right. Right. Six of us in a yeah. room now. Nope. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, but back in the day, you know, when I was a young kid, I was just, I told Megan, I think, on the other podcast, but uh, there's a great video on YouTube, Eric Clapton talking with Ed Bradley from 60 Minutes, right? And he says to him, Eric, uh, Ed Bradley says, hey, God, Hey, Eric, this addiction thing, it started with heroin, right? And Eric Clapton says, no, Ed, it started with sugar. Mm. He says, I, we used to eat bread and butter and sugar sandwiches at five and six years old. Anything I could stuff in my face to change my state, I would do. And Ed, Ed Bradley was just floored, right? And they're sitting in his $7 million Antigua treatment center. So anyway, I mean, I was just like that. I mean, our, our house was filled with sugar. My mom was a sugar junkie. I believe she died of sugar addiction. She didn't drink, but she, you know, she just couldn't quit the sugar. And 14 or 15, I ran into beer and alcohol and uh, marijuana and cocaine and every other drug out there. And uh, that party lasted until I was 28 and I got sober. And on the other side of that journey, all my friends in recovery, where, you know, you talk about the freshman 15. <laughs> well, this is the freshman 50, freshman 50 in recovery. People get in recovery, bang, they join, they, they get 50 pounds on real quick. Some of them started getting diabetes diagnosis. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I was trying to pretend like I was a health guy. And uh, so I started researching. There's only a couple books out there then. Uh, this is like the early 80s. And uh, Sugar Blues, I ran across a book called Sugar Blues, and Sugar Blues kind of laid it out. And so I started just studying it, and, and you know, there wasn't much research. And a lot of my friends uh, were in some of the food, a few of my friends were in the food programs, which were real early in those days, uh, except for OA, who had been around for a while. And so I started to learn about it and understand that they had an abstinent program and that their program was very similar to ours when you're talking about the emotional maturity and the growth and all that kind of stuff. So I just started studying. I talked somehow talked my wife at the time into having two sugar-free kids from the womb till they're about six years old. And, uh, and I've been, you know, and I went on to have just a regular career. You know, I mean, I had a regular life and everything. About 10 years ago, I picked up the domain sugaraddiction.com and said, you know, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And, you know, I had been helping people along the way in the program. They used to call me the weird addiction specialist because <laughs> I, 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 I would talk about caffeine and nicotine and sugar. And they're like, are you sober today, Mike? And I'm like, yeah, but... And uh, so anyway, that's that's the short, that's the podcast version that probably <laughs> usually brings up more questions than it answers. But <laughs> Well, it's fascinating. How long have you been sugar-free? I mean, it says in a book, but how long have you been sugar-free? 30 years. I haven't had a cookie, a candy, a soda, or anything. Now, wow. I've had a few accidental ingestions <laughs> because <laughs> of, of uh, people's... <laughs> 
people swear and there was no sugar in the salad dressing kind of thing. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, never at 30 years. So, but, but what you brought you to this journey, why, why, I mean, um, you know, I, I agree 100% with you. I, I've always said, even before I read your book, I always said that sugar, I, I, even when I get out and speak to, to other people and, and about my treatment center, about Genesis House, I always say sugar is our first addiction, hands down. Mm-hmm. We're, giving it, we're giving it for good things, make us happy, if we're sad. Um, it, it's, it's, it stimulates us. It makes us, my son, when he would eat chocolate, he would bounce off the walls. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was the sugar, obviously. Um, you know, to quiet sure. the kids down, go, go get a, a juice box or, you know, go get some cookies. And it was a good thing. I think I, I remember going to the dentist and them giving us lollipops. Maybe it was a doctor. I was so fucked up. I can't remember. But, uh, but in those early years, but I remember getting, going sure. to, the, to the doctors and getting lollipops, you know, and, 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 so, so what, what possessed you to get on this path of, of this, um, this sugar-free lifestyle? Well, like you said, I, early, early in the recovery, I was looking at it as, you know, it was affecting me that way. It was very, so I was drinking 16-ounce Mountain Dews, mm. six or eight of them a day, all kind of candy, sugar, ice cream, you know, whatever. I had just really fallen back to sugar. I'd substituted one drug for another. Mm. And I had, you know, zits all over my face, anxiety all the time. Mm. It was just, you know, there was something, something there. And I was, it was very compulsive in nature. I mean, when you're drinking that many Mountain Dews a day, you got to have a, you know, the, the acquiring, although it's not the same as acquiring drugs, it's, it's a pain in the, you know, it's a pain in the butt. So, and you, you know, you can't be without it. And so the, the, the behavior was modeling Right. And like, I don't want to say regular addiction because I actually believe this is the gateway drug. Mm-hmm. This is addiction. And, and so many people, 100, 200, 300 pounds overweight, cannot quit this thing. They're mm-hmm. losing limbs and going blind and they can't quit. And that, to me, is the definition of addiction. You know, just that it was working that way in my body. That's how I felt anyway. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm re- I read in your book um, the w- the one part was you you it says that you're you know you're obviously in recovery um, but AA meetings coffee caffeine cigarettes sugar okay. they promote right then and there I I know it's it's we have to get the drugs and alcohol out of your system but sugar how many times do you go to an AA meeting guys and there's cookies all over the place oh, and right and and sugar putting ten pounds of I always say you want a little uh, a little coffee with your sugar that was my my big thing I used to say all the time and and once I got clean I got I got into recovery twenty eight years old I stopped drinking sugar in my coffee I I don't like eating sugar um, I feel I need it once in a while um, like in the middle of the night at a hotel room when Ben and Jerry's calls me downstairs to grab a pint and run back upstairs and have my way with them in bed and throw them out and after they're done um, but <laughs> and it's bad it's really bad and and I like here you also you said um, sugar and flour are very powerful psychoactive drugs can you explain that a little bit I love that saying well it, you know it, in the old days it was anecdotal when o, and OA and all the four offshoot meetings food action recovery anonymous CA how there's there's two others but it was anecdotal but now in the last five years literally uh, the brain science has proven this okay under MRIs um, as best as we can the dopamine receptors in your brain are activated the exact same way. And it's dose dependent, right? Mm -hmm. It's because, you know, we do a little heroin, a little cocaine, a little alcohol, whatever, but we do 17 teaspoons average a day, a a day in America. 
and 150 pounds. So it's dose dependent. We're always pounding our dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, GABA, all of these brain chemicals. These are brain reward chemicals that were, that are very, um, I don't want to say fragile, but I mean, they were not evolved to take this kind of beating, this kind of punishment. And it is a proven fact that people with heavy habits have down-regulated dopamine. And I think you, if you do studies in alcohol and drug recovery, it's really that dopamine, it's like we got short-shifted a little, I think addicts did, because we have, I think through the placental barrier personally, that um, you know we have less dopamine receptors, right? And mm -hmm. so we're always trying to get a little, we're not trying to get a sweet taste in our mouth. We're trying to keep that dopamine hit up and to avoid withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Well, what a great so that's great concept. I'm listening to you, and I I, I can relate to everything you're saying. I, I don't use sugar for anything, but I have cookies. I eat all that junk, you know, and and candy bars, and you know, I I I know when I go without, and when I dig into my first one, um, right away I'm singing, you know, I'm feeling great, and it, it, I never thought of it. I really have never thought of it. I've never read any of these articles or books or anything. But mm -hmm. what, what a great. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. What a great guest to have on. Yeah. Mike, we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, I want you to tell us the Halo story, if you know what I mean. Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. Friends of Recovery Podcast. We'll be right back. Since 1992, Genesis House has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. Their family-owned program is accredited by the Joint Commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting. At Genesis House, they focus on treating the underlying causes of addiction. Their comprehensive approach includes psychiatric care, individual and small group therapy, trauma healing techniques, and holistic care including yoga, massage, and animal-assisted therapy. After treatment, their clients enjoy the lifelong support of a nationwide network of Genesis House alumni. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Friends of Recovery Podcast.com. I am the Podfather. Hello, everybody. I'm Jersey Ed. And I am Miss Meg. Miss I'm Meg. Sorry, that's my thing to say. <laughs> Can you let me go? That's yeah, my yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Elbow him in the head. Shut the Hi, fuck man. up. Hey, uh, How are Chris? you? Chris? I'm great. <laughs> hey, we have a great guest today. We, we have Ma Michael Collins, and Mike. we're not talking about the Michael Collins of uh, or Phil, his brother Phil. <laughs> but uh, real quick, I, I want to I want to just do some uh, business here. Um, I'd like to thank Genesis House for supporting um, the, the show, Friends in Recovery. Um, without Genesis House, we couldn't do this. Thank you guys down at, at Genesis House. Um, Friends in Recovery community of, uh, community of support events across the uh, country now. Um, it's growing. We have um, Palm Springs, Florida, Marlton, New, New Jersey, Newtown, Connecticut, and Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. All up and running meetings. Um, they're friends and recovery meetings sponsored by Genesis House. And uh, it's kind of our alumni meeting. And we ask you to bring some guests to it. And they've been really good turnouts. And um, it's it's been a really good uh, community event um, for, for all those places. And if you do want to start a, a meeting somewhere, let us know. Email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. 
and um, we will get you guys the kind of blueprint to get it going and how to, how to start it. Um, Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Podcast is powered by your likes, follows, subscribes, and shares. Do us a favor and leave us a five-star review. All the stars. Five That's star. right, five. Right above my head, see them? All the stars. See them all? There yep, you go. There. Um, now it's time for Jersey Ed's Podcast Pick of the Week. Hit it, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, there'll, just there'll be, I'll just add this. I'll just add this. You will. Yeah, just, <laughs> I'm supposed to hit it, sweet, and it just comes in automatically. Exactly. Okay, good. Um, I found this one. It's called the Share. S H A I R. The Share. Um, Share. It, Share is not only a recovery podcast. It's a global um, sobriety network. Different guests each week um, to share their stories. Um, host Omar Pinto in recovery. He's a life coach and a sober expert. Um, it's just everyday people sharing their story. Um, it's 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 kind of like a regular podcast, but um, yeah, I just kind of want to get it out there and let everybody know it's a, it's a really good podcast, and uh, they ha- they really do have some good guests. So. Well, if anybody knows podcasts, <clears throat> Jersey Ed knows podcasts. Yes, sir. I do. I do. I do. So I'm, I'm a podcast aficionado. So correct. Constantly he loves, listen he loves to playing with papers and books <laughs> by the microphone, <laughs> banging into the microphone. I know. I got so many questions I got to ask Mike. Mike, this is another 40-hour session after this, okay? <laughs> we did 20, but now you're going to do another 40 hours. So, <laughs> oh, God. Before we left, um, before we went to the break, I mentioned something about the Halo story. Uh, Meg remembers it. Um, I kind of told it half-assed to everybody before. Why don't you tell our listeners and viewers the real version of it now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, people ask during detox why they have the night sweats, right? And, uh, you know, literally they soak their bed. And, you know, they're like, they, they think there's something wrong with them. But when I was, when I, you know, my mother used to tell me, Mike, you, you were a perfect angel. And I say, yeah, come on, mom. Everybody says that. Every mom says that. But she said, no, really, when you would go to sleep, on your pillow would be this halo of uh, sweat and it'd be round and your hair would be all wet and you look like an angel. And as I had never seen this in my kids, right? Now remember my kids are raised sugar-free from the womb till they were six, right? So the day, I'll never forget the day of that birthday party, it was at a roller skating rink and you know, the cake and ice cream came out and both their heads, they're twins, they look up at me and they're like, dad, they didn't have to say anything. I said, dad, can we, can this time, can we have cake and ice cream, whatever? And so we gave in, we caved in. We had been fighting the kid, this, you know, the kids' parents and the Montessori school and the reg, you know, regular school grandparents. Everybody thought we were depriving them or something. So we just gave in and we came back to our senses the next day. But you probably know what's coming. I, I walked into the room that night and two kids, two halos, two soaking wet heads, two soaking wet nightshirts. Uh, my kids were in sugar withdrawals and I hadn't Mm. seen this in six years ever. So it was pretty much solid information for me as far as continuing what we're on the path we were on. So, and so when people do that, when they do have, when they do have a detox, they should know that this might be part of it. (laughs) Well, that's, we talked about that on my show too, of, of starting the keto and then me having a little slip where I had some sugar. And then I woke up the next morning and I was completely drenched and, you know, yep. I think to your point, and here's my question for you, because I think our listeners could like greatly appreciate, well, I appreciate this information. I already shared with you on my show that my best friend raised all three of her kids, no sugar from the womb. I think it's incredibly essential. I think it's an over-missed part of parenting when we talk <clears> about <throat> nutrition and how it impacts child's be- a child's behavior. But what prompted you to make that move and how do you recommend people make that move if they are interested in raising their kids without sugar 
Yeah, no, it's a great question. I'm just a real huge believer in the, the first thousand days of brain development. It just yeah. grows so fast. And, uh, you know, the experiment worked, and we can get into that if you want, but the, the, the brain developed very, very well. And I just, one of the things your audience probably wants to hear, I think, is just because, you know, anecdotally, and, you know, sometimes the stigma still exists for recovering folks, but this is a true fact. In the first time in history, this has only just happened just before Christmas. So, the American Pediatric Dental Association, the American Pediatric uh, uh, Association of Doctors, the American Heart Association, I always forget the fourth one, four American Doctor Association, med medical associations, along with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, which is one of the largest nonprofits in the world, mm -hmm. made a public statement that they think children should have zero, zero sugar-sweetened beverages from from the womb until they're five years old. That's the first time in history that kind of a, a cooperation has happened. And that's what it happened for was sugar. So, you know, as far as raising kids, we have complete control of our kids mm -hmm. for the first four years. We, we, mm -hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about where their food is coming from, okay? And if you ask an after five and six and they've already been exposed, it's another deal. But if they want, I think the easiest way to start is to just start without it because it's not going to affect their nutrition or your nutrition. It's, there's no doctor in the world that's going to say it's a good idea to eat a lot of it. So I think it's a wise move. But after they have already been exposed, the main ingredient in getting kids off sugar is that they put your own oxygen mask on first. It means mm -hmm. the adults understand it. My mother said, don't eat the candy, don't eat this, don't eat it. Meanwhile, she had a giant stash. My father said, don't drink, don't drink. Meanwhile, you know what that was like. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, I just think that the parents, and I'm not above tricking the parents or <laughs> con convincing the parents, because look, you guys have seen this. A, wo a woman finds out she's pregnant. She Even if she has a substance use disorder, in like Two seconds, not that week, not that day, but that hour is the last time she has either a drink or a drug. And someone literally stops. And I mm -hmm. think sugar should be included in that. Absolutely. Mike, we'll go through some of the uh, sugar withdrawals. It's in your book, but um, it's, it's very similar to a detox from drugs and alcohol from what I was reading in the book. Absolutely. We were talking, your producer on the break, uh, Mike, and, and we were talking, sweets. he was talking about the keto, <laughs> the keto diet, sweets. Yeah, we were talking about the keto diet. <laughs> nice word, nice, nice name. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, something in the keto diet called the, the keto flu, right? And the keto flu is just sugar withdrawals, period. End of story. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But the withdrawals are very real, and, and anyone can experience them. And I ask people to think about their, their caffeine ingestation as well. So, but if someone is ever to try and do flour, sugar, and caffeine in the fifth, fourth, or second, third, fourth, fifth days, they will be incapacitated. They'll mm -hmm. be irritable, weepy, angry, uh, uh, the night sweats, like Megan said. You'll, there's just, you. yeah. and you just literally, you, you're, you're lethargic and you're starving all the time. You're starving because the, you know, the delivery system for, heroin is a needle delivery system for pot is smoke the, the delivery system for this drug is the stomach and the the body's going to try and use that craving mechanism to get more in to get that mm. dopamine hit mm. right so you're going to be starving for 30 straight days you're going to feel like you're hungry now 
the keto stuff helps heavy, uh, healthy fats helps with satiate the hunger. But at some level, you just got to have to get used to that for a few days. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a nasty withdrawal. And most people turn back and they turn back because they don't have time for it. They don't have time to be irritable or have their brain foggy at that time, you know? What's, what's the normal withdrawal? I know it's different from everybody. The normal withdrawal, um, it could take up to a month or two, right, to be completely uh, free of this Absolutely. feeling? Absolutely, it can take up to a month or two. And, and, and there's actually, I believe now, and you know, having thousands of people go through this stuff with, you know, online and everything, I believe that pause comes into effect, post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Mm-hmm. syndrome. In other words, you're lower, you're, you know, you're just feeling a little blue for three or four months until you exercise and you get healed up. But yes, uh, depending on your habit, these nasty symptoms can last up to a month and then even up to 60 days if you're, you know, if you're really a heavy obese person and you never really in your entire life. Now, look, this goes right back to the most fundamental of recovery things. If you were, um, you know, if you started using drugs 13 or 14, you all know in the treatment center world, obviously, that people believe, the recovery folks believe that you um, stop maturing emotionally, right? So think about someone who's been obese since childhood, which is the largest, fastest growing segment of obesity, two to five-year-olds, by the way. Um, Think about someone who's been obese for their whole life. They've used sugar and flour as an emotional management tool their whole life. Mm -hmm. And so now they have their daily stressors to deal with, and they have the emotional stuff that they never dealt with and possibly covered up their traumas, whatever, Mm -hmm. to deal with without the sugar. They have to have other substitute self-care methods, right? And so it's like, I mean, when you you talk to four people who have been in recovery, it makes perfect sense. But think of the leap you have to make to the average person who's never Mm -hmm. heard some of these concepts, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you keep saying sugar and flour. Can you um, explain a little bit why are you including flour in on that also with the sugar? Flour turns to sugar in your stomach, right? Instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I've a bit divided mm-hmm. a little bit further even now. Uh, and the offending molecule, the psychoactive molecule is fructose, which is in uh, high fructose corn syrup and table sugars for your listeners is 50% fructose and 50% glucose. And there's a huge glucose spike with flour, but it's like wired together, fired together. Your neurons have dug deep pathways and were caffeine, sugar, and flour. And these reward systems, like if it gets a big hit of, you know, glucose kind of raise and blood sugar raise because of the flour, it just starts to crave with all the other stuff. It's like mm-hmm. when you get drunk, you start craving cocaine or something. You know, I mean, that's a crazy analogy. <laughs> oh, yeah, we you know guys, that. You guys would, you guys would understand. What's cocaine? It's the same I kind of nothing. thing. Like, you get, gro- you, get gro- you get groggy on the, on the processed foods. You got to have caffeine to, to, to get you rocked up. And then it's nighttime, you can't have any more caffeine. You got to have a little more processed food to get you back down again. Mm-hmm. So I know it sounds like real druggy, but think it through. It's kind of real. 
Absolutely. All now, I want right now is a Snickers bar. <laughs> by the way, I swear to God, I'm just thinking, give me a Snickers. <laughs> Real quick, everybody's saying this guy's been sugar free. Does he eat an apple? Does he eat blueberries? Does he eat, or are you? Do you eat fish, chicken, <laughs> shrimp, and uh, and and beef? Is that all you eat? And and those and blinds, greens, you know, lots of green, lots of greens, lots but, of greens. But there is sugar in that. Yeah, no, there is. There's glucose in there for yes. sure. But here's okay. the thing. Um, I, I stopped using grains about two, three years ago and uh, oats and rice. And the the fruit thing, you're going into you're going into Pandora's box. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're tr- we're tr- we're tr- we're getting a long way in for the folks, you know. And I'm trying Even to cover everything. Folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but the sugar thing is like. Um, Again, the fending molecule, in my view, the cycle, and I've asked Robert Lustig, an eminent sugar researcher, and Gary Fetke, and Fetke has a YouTube video called, Is Fruit Good For You, right? And I asked him at a conference, point blank, to his face, is fructose a psychoactive drug? Yes, didn't let me finish. Lustig, same thing, didn't let me finish, right? The, the fructose, we've hybridized fruit for 300 years into fruct, little fructose bombs. And forget about it if you're drinking juice. The, co- the, the body doesn't know the difference between that and a Coca-Cola, right? Mm-hmm. Because the fructose hits the liver with the same impact. And this is what causes fatty liver. And we now have fatty liver in children, okay? They don't drink mm-hmm. any alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's from the fructose because it can't be processed anywhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And it's the fructose that's affecting the reward systems in the brain, right? And so, you know... I, I never signed up to be the anti candy man. <laughs> and it's even hard like for, for, for like you guys in the recovery world who kinda, you know, get the logic of the argument. But remember, we've got to bring folks along who've never even thought about not eating flour or sugar. And fruit, I often say it's like a step down program for me, like a methadone or a suboxone. A little bit of fruit is probably a wise move like berries which is low fructose when you're coming off the processed stuff okay but eventually like i used to have acne in my 50s um i mean uh, you know la rosacea kind of thing that that all went away after i got off the fructose and the grain so i you know i i was i for 27 years i i i ate those things and didn't realize that the some of the lethargy and stuff but so it's always you know it's an ongoing experiment ongoing growth but yeah, I, I think that people should pay attention. Not is the question, is the fruit good for you? But check out and see research. It, there's actually a malady in the record, in the in the medical journals called fructose malabsorption, right? We've known about this for a long time. We just haven't known that it's affecting the brain this mm-hmm. way. I, I also am going to jump ahead to the end of the book because we're running out of time here. Um, but And I, if the panel has any other questions for you. But I like what you said in, in part of the, almost at the end of the book that we're going to look back in, from the future and look back at, at our generations and say, I can't believe we gave our, our, our people sugar. I can't believe we were eating sugar like that. It's like heroin or like, you know, like it's going to be like that. Right. Do you see that happening sometime? I don't 100%. know if it's going to be in our future. Yeah, that- I don't know. I, I, this is a tectonic shift, like smoking in bathrooms or smoking in public, drinking and driving, uh, condoms in bathrooms, seatbelts in cars. This is something where science says that what we were doing before wasn't working. And the science is coming and the science is here, a lot of it, most of it, if you're, if you're willing to research. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to look back and just say they used to say they spoke cocaine and Coca-Cola. They're mm-hmm. going to say, you know, they used to give sugar to kids, right? Right. right. <laughs> it's going to be an adult 
treat. It's going to okay. be an adult thing. Good, you know? good. Yeah, I, that would be wonderful if, if that could happen. Um, when I look, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Mike, Mike Miles here, um, Podfather here, Podfather <laughs> here. <laughs> but when I look at the uh, statistics for childhood obesity, uh, off off the chart. I mean, you think in 2020 would be making some progress, but it, it seems like there's make, they're making no progress. And why do you think that is? Why do you think the progress, especially for the, the things that are most near and dear, what we love the most, if you're a parent, mm-hmm. whether you're a biological parent, an adoptive parent, it doesn't matter. As a parent, there's nothing I love more than my, ch- as a human being, there's nothing I love more than my children. Why can't we get those stats to, to, to at least come down to a, uh, some type of successful level? Your opinion. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Thank you. I, I, I'm the fastest growing thing we got going on in Facebook group is our sugar-free kids stuff. And um, the, the parents are very adamant, just like you said. And I believe it's an enculturation issue. Okay. It's a 300 years of sugar getting into the culture and not knowing yet that the science is the other way. Right. And so, and not willing, it's very similar to what the recovery advocacy movement folks at Voices, Faces and Voices and Shatterproof and facing addiction, the the advocacy movement groups have done for substance use disorder is now time for folks to do this for food addiction awareness, sugar addiction awareness, uh, those kinds of things, because people just don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. really, genuinely, the reason I do these podcasts and stuff is folks just don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. they really are in the dark and in the blind. And, you know, grandma used to do it and mama used to do it. And sugar and candy at, at, at every kind of celebration from birth to death is just the norm now. And it's going to take time to turn that battleship mm-hmm. around. Okay. Great answer. Yeah, good yeah. answer. I think for us too, in the recovery community, I think we do have a responsibility when we've gone through this and we've tried different pathways and maybe, you know, we were addicted to sugar after we gave up the drugs and alcohol and then have figured out a way to sort of live a more centered, peaceful, balanced, healthy lifestyle. I mean, I've told you this, Michael, but when I started keto, my anxiety was practically non-existent and I really didn't have to do all this extra work to figure out why I was anxious and what I was going to do about it. I had literally changed my diet and I had a strong physiological reaction that really still sits with me today. And that being something as part of our mental health development that we have lived when we've made changes like this. And I think we do have a responsibility to talk with treatment centers about the fact Mm. that nutrition is a big part of recovery and it should be implemented as soon as possible when people are trying to move on and get to the next phase of development in their own lives. And this nutritional part is a huge piece and we we overlook it. Mm. I am so happy that you brought this up. There's a guy here in Los Angeles, David Wiss, who has a uh, nutrition and recovery practice, right? And uh, Georgia Eady at this, uh, Chris Palmer at Harvard. These people are studying uh, mental health as it relates to the nutrition part, right? Exactly what you mentioned. And people have these miraculous uh, changes, whether they're recovering folks or not, where anxiety is lessened. They get off of SSRIs. Mm-hmm. A lot of depression is lifted when they get off of these ultra processed carbs. So mm-hmm. glad you brought that up. It's a very important thing for recovering folks and not you know, anyone, anyone. Mm-hmm. Michael, just a <clears throat> quick one is, how do you defeat, and I, this, I harp on this, the corporate culture, because the fact is that we, as you said, mm. from birth, from the womb, we are told that sugar is the thing. And now we've watched it right. with tobacco, we've watched it with mm. alcohol. So as we defeat it in this country, it gets pushed to the third world. And we see obesity rising in the, in the third world. We see it rising in, in all the other cultures, yet we're not holding the sugar industry accountable one environmentally the the environmental damage 
the local damage it does for the sugar farmers. We see the damage it causes to our healthcare system and the hundreds of billions of dollars that it costs every year. It's hard to get that message across to a parent because you're just being hokey. Sugar never hurt me. You know, I, I sure. never had a problem. How do we get that message that so it doesn't make us look like, I don't know, you know, tinfoil wearing hat, you know, <laughs> lunatics by know. saying, look, this is it. And it, it's know. tough. You know, it, I don't know it's where to go great, with it. No, it's a great question. And, and, and it comes down to two things. And I think Dr. Lustig is working. Man got a lot, you know, endocrinologist got a law degree in his 50s to start affecting policy. Exactly what you're talking about. Personally, because I came through the 12 steps and you know, grassroots recovery, I believe in the grassroots up movement. And I think it's a combination of both. We have to do both. We have to do both things. I think such miracles have happened, you know, big pharma's being sued and from the this new recovery advocacy movement, the 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 folks who are out there uh, recovering out loud and telling their story. And I think what's happening, well, it is happening. I'm the chairman of the board of the Food Addiction Institute, a nonprofit 501C, and we're telling people that if they've, you know, lost of 100 pounds, 200 pounds, if they've changed their life uh, in any way by going abstinence, flour, and sugar, they need to tell their story, right? And it's this uh, lack of anonymity uh, that is essential in the, in the movement forward of the information, right? Like the stigma was a lot worse when all everyone at that table and myself got into recovery. We were junky now it's kind of cool, you know, movie stars and all nine. But that happened with a lot of work, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of work of advocacy folks. And we need to get that happening in this world. And it's going to take even longer because you're talking about the, you know, there's a, there's a person or a group in the way, which is the food producers, yeah. which, mm -hmm. by the way, all yeah. got bought up in the late in the mid 80s by the cigarette company. So you can put that mm. two and two together. Uh, mm -hmm. there you go. Mike, you've been a great guest. <laughs> Mike, um, real, real quick before you go. Um, this is your book here. We'll, we're showing it out, up. Um, do Thank me a you. favor. Tell us how we can get a hold of this. Um, this is a really good book. I didn't stop. Eat, I didn't stop 100% eating sugar, but this book helped me cut immensely yeah. down um, hugely. And Meg, I'm sure you can same, attest same for the same. Yep. Let us know how you can get it and, and your Facebook page and all that stuff. Before we let you yeah, just go to sugaraddiction.com and there's a big picture of the book. Just click on it. It's a free digital download. Uh, if nice. you can, you can go to Amazon and pay for the paperback that you're showing, mm -hmm. but you can get the digital version for free on the site, sugaraddiction.com um, or sugaraddiction.com forward slash book, whatever. And the, the page comes up when you put sugar addiction in, uh, in Facebook, it's uh, sugar addiction forward slash quit sugar now. Uh, got uh, every day we're putting stuff out, information and science, mostly science about you know what's going on. So excellent, yeah, excellent. Thank Michael you. Collins, thank you very much for joining us. Great we really show, appreciate thank you, it. Michael. Thanks, yeah, Michael. sweet. You guys right are the greatest, man. I wish they were all this much fun. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Mike. Right, sweet. What's care. your take on all this? I know we always come to you for the the summary, but um, you've been sitting there listening and taking all this in. <clears throat> I've um, been thinking about a Reese's Thin. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have a bag behind the microwave in my house. I'll tell, share, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell too many people about that. You know, I mean, I, I, I was thinking about, you know, the, 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 the drive for sugar. And while you guys were talking about the detox and while you were talking about the months and while you were talking about the cravings, stuff like that, I mean, I couldn't help but think about my own, you know, relationship with food. <clears throat> 
mm-hmm. you know, that it is. It's a relationship oh, yeah. with food, and yeah. it's a very private and intimate relationship I have with food. Most people don't question it. And so, you know, when I was hearing Mike talk about, you know, how people try it and then they give up, mm-hmm. you know, I could imagine me trying it and then being able to justify it the same way that an alcoholic might justify alcohol. Mm-hmm. While other people are doing it, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I can just control it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I bring that same rationale to the table, which is that, you know, I could get 15, 20 days into it, but I just don't have time for this shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I that mean? Is like, it. Just don't have time. And, and, you know, I'm watching TV and I'm watching an industry try to sell me as a consumer mm-hmm. on the fact that this one has only 100 calories mm-hmm. and this one has less sugar. Yeah. I'm like, well, fuck, my, that one looks good. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that guy looks like he's having a really good time. He's thin. He looks happy. <laughs> and he has a hot girlfriend like, yeah. and they're eating it together. I want what that, want what that guy's got. I don't want a Snickers <laughs> ad. Yeah. Yeah. Penny White. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to go exactly. Crying. I don't want to go cry in my pillow. You know, like I want to fucking snack. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it would be it's easier. Like I thought about me giving up heroin, you know, and crack and cocaine and you know drugs that we've talked about in the past. And it was really easy. It was easier mm-hmm. for me to justify. Well, that shit is bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I wasn't watching commercials of people happy. You know, mm-hmm. like the only thing I knew about crack is like we were all locked in. Someone knew what we were doing. <laughs> you know, like, and I was doing heroin. I was like, shit, I could die. Is everybody paying attention to me? You know? like, and, and when I stopped, it was so much easier to just be like, no, I can't do that. That's bad. Like, and I had to call a drug dealer and I had yeah. to go do some weird shit to get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I felt bad about myself. There was all kinds of guilt and shame. Yeah. I mean, at any point, I could pull out a Snickers bar and crush it. And people would just talk to me. Yeah. 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 You could, you could do it like that. Yeah, can I have some of that? And I'm like, yeah, well, you want to do it together? <laughs> you could probably even eat a Snickers bar drive right <laughs> I, mean, I, I obviously buy the cute size bars so, yeah, we, we can split it. so there's definitely a, it's, it's harder you know I, I think it's more significant because you know like like mike and i were talking on the break it's from the beginning we are hardwired to chase that feeling mm-hmm. you know and and if during the first thousand days as he said you are sugar free mm-hmm. then your brain is being hardwired for a different level of pleasure you know mm-hmm. you're finding a different way to uh to self-soothe, you know, you're not seeing food as comfort, you're seeing food as fuel, you know, and I just, I really think that, uh, you know, where, where, for for, for myself, I'm 43 years old, I'm fighting a battle uh, for an addiction that started when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm now, I'm I'm fighting it, it's uphill. Yeah, and you have no support either, there's no support for it either. I mean, Michael's the only one that I know that can support this book, I've never seen anything else before, you know, there's not AA meetings for sugar, there's, I mean, there's OA, but you know, it's a little different. Well, so. I had someone tell me that they were going to cut sugar out of the life a couple of months ago, months ago, and I was like, "Why?" Mm-hmm. You know. And then they told me, and they tell me about the benefits, and I'm like, "All right, well, I mean, okay, I'll try." Mm-hmm. And then I did. I think I, I don't even know. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I wasn't watching everything I mm-hmm. ate, but I, I made a, an effort. Mm-hmm. You know, to not intentionally eat sugar. And then to Mike's point, I just quit. I was like, "Fuck it." Nobody was paying attention. Nobody was giving me accolades. I, I didn't even care. You know, and I didn't. I didn't feel any immediate benefits like you do with opioids or yeah, alcohol. Like yeah. I wasn't immediately getting healthy. Things actually got worse mm-hmm. for me. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I just quit. Yeah. And I think that that's probably one of the hardest things. And I know the industry counts on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. They count on me quitting and giving up and feeding into the commercials. Yeah. With yeah. no recourse on their part either. Yeah. Other yeah. than yeah. just making their market share bigger. Absolutely. And Podfather down there, you left you lost a lot of weight. Is it due to um cutting sugar out or you know, if, if you watch some of the other shows, you definitely you definitely lost a lot of weight and uh, we're proud of you for doing that. Um what was was that part of your your routine to cut some um, of that sugar out? Not really. I, I, I don't eat a lot. I don't eat sugar. <laughs> I don't eat processed sugar. I eat fruit. I do have candy bars once in a while. 
Sugar's not a big thing for me. I don't use it in my coffee, my cereals, my, my oatmeals, nothing. So no, it's, I don't think sugar was the culprit. I think it was other things. Pasta. So, well, we, we, like you were saying, so, pasta, flowers, yeah. all that stuff too. Breads, it's all in there and it turns into yeah. the sugar in, in your stomach. So Absolutely. But yeah, it's Those just- are sneaky sugars. They are sneaky yeah, sugars, yeah. yes. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Oh, oh my God. You did have pasta for yeah, lunch. Yeah, I feel so good. And, and, you you hit, take a <laughs> and you hit it with some vegetables. You're like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, put some vegetables out of here. I mean, oh, good job. <laughs> the peppers burned the sugar. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That's it. That's it. Why am I so tired? God, and we're all in recovery. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you're a great guest. Thanks for everything. We appreciate it. Yeah, Mike, thank you very much. We appreciate well, you guys, it. Thanks thank for you. having me. Keep up the good work. We'll try. Thank Friends you. of Recovery thank Podcast, you. everyone. Stay sober, everybody. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. Thanks to Genesis House for supporting those on the path to recovery and for keeping this valuable resource free for our Friends in Recovery community. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the show, email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. If you can't get enough of Mike the Podfather and Jersey Ed, you can catch them on Answering the Call, the First Responder Podcast, available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube.